Hi, welcome to our podcast, Three to Live By, where we work to find simple answers to life's dilemmas. I'm your host, Suzanne Benford, and my co-host, Greg, Tech Dog Maddox. Hello, hello. Today, we're talking about navigating through grief. The title speaks for itself, so please feel free to skip this one if this feels like it's going to be too difficult to listen to. You can come back and see us next time. And if you're in any distress, of course, there's that new uh, national uh, crisis number, 988. Remember, it's there if you need it. So today's topic's a heavy one. I get that it's a heavy one. Um, Lots of us have to navigate through grief and kind of find our way. Yeah. Sometimes things become a new normal. Hey, grief is a bear. It'll bring you down, won't it? You want to go first with one? You want me to go first with one? Um, why don't you start us off? Well, I'm going to go right on into it. Feel your feelings. Pretty cliche from a therapist, right? To feel your feelings. But what I mean by saying this is to actually pay attention to how you feel physically. To give that grief some time in your body. You're going to get sick of it. I mean, bottom line is grief takes time to work through and you will get sick of it. Just you'll, you might find yourself thinking, Oh my gosh, I am. I'm so sick of feeling like this. I want to take it back. I want things to change back to the way it was. And we don't always get that opportunity. Grief is more than just losing a person. A lot of times it's a huge change in life. Maybe it's a loss of home or a loss of um, a loss of job. But most of what I have today is in relation to losing a person. There's the Kubler-Ross book on death and dying, right? That was written or published in 1969. And it's about the stages of grief the ones that most of us have heard, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. So the, the standard five stages of grief. So I'm a, I am a stuffer by nature. Um, this is why I picked this one to begin with. My default is to put on a determined face and kind of muscle on through things. Um, I lost a daughter seven years ago. It was a stillbirth. To date, it's probably the most tragic thing I've ever experienced. I can't imagine experiencing a bigger loss than a child. For those of you who are parents, you will know this, but there is a huge indescribable feeling when your child is born. It's intense, a little bit painful, wonderful, and just bigger than you ever thought a feeling could be and it is just that big when you have to experience a child leaving this world so for me it was so big that I finally just didn't have anywhere else to stuff it and so I was forced to feel my feelings and I remember hearing that phrase prior to this loss and thinking you know that's so cliche and who doesn't feel their feelings well I wasn't and after this, because I was forced to do it, um, not forced by someone, but just by the nature of it, that I had to feel my feelings, that I, I understood that phrase. 
I did therapy after that loss. I specifically I did EMDR. If anybody's familiar with that, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, which I'm also trained in. But EMDR makes you feel it. Not only the focus of the treatment, but you know the EMDR therapist asks, "Where do you feel that in your body? Notice the intensity of that. Go with it." So now that I've worked through the bulk of that grief, I do a lot of grief work with clients. People always want to stuff it. I totally get that. Nobody wants to deal with it because it just feels so complicated and huge and heavy. I do wish that that worked, stuffing it. I would tell people all the time, stuff it, drink about it, you know, eat about it, (laughs) whatever. But it just doesn't work. You actually, you have to feel it in order to process it. So there's my, my really long number one. That's okay. You showed so much courage and strength to get through that. I know you'd never forget. It probably got close to collapsing you, didn't it? There were times that I just wanted to check out. N- not kill myself. I, I do think that sometimes people have that response, you know, having suicidal thoughts. That's kind of a, a fairly normal response to a big loss like that. But just check out, not pay attention to my feelings or my life or, you know, I just wanted to sit in the backyard and stare at the back fence and not pay attention to anything because everything just felt so hard. But you get there a piece at a time. Sometimes those steps are bigger than others. Sometimes there'll be reminders that come up and it's like, gosh, was am I not through this yet? Mm-hmm. And I think we're a little weird about grief in the U.S. There are other countries where it's encouraged that you just like lay on the floor and wail. That's mm-hmm. part of the grieving process. And Right. We do try to put uh, a glad face and move, you know, move through right. too quickly and try to. You gotta move on with your life. You gotta, mm-hmm. yeah. We probably try to get people to rush because you know that's the American way, right? To be productive, it sure is. To keep moving. Three days bereavement leave, get <laughs> on back to work. You'll feel better if you go back to work. Right. You know, and then people expect you to just be over it, but grief takes time. I I think it was three or four years till I started feeling like myself. Yeah. I think there's always a before and after, but... It does take time, boy. That's such a true maxim or philosophy, isn't it? Sure is. Sure is. What was your philosophy for this again? Feel your feelings. You know, I'm I'm totally on the same page with you today about keeping it simple. I usually do try to come up with maxims that are a little different, you know, a little bit cool, a little bit something you haven't heard. Um, But with grief, I'm sticking with the basics, too. You can't hear them enough. So my Mm -hmm. first maxim is share your pain, your fears, your sadness with loved ones. That's basic, but it's step number one, not to isolate. Now more than ever, it's the time to talk out your emotions with a parent, a sibling, with your best friend, with someone from your place of worship if you have one. Sometimes a therapist can be seen. 
In quiet time and alone time, it's important, but do not isolate with your grief. So share your pain, your fears, your sadness with loved ones. That's my first maxim. I love that. Because we do want to isolate. Another thing we're weird about is crying or not having words. We always feel like we have to have these words for what we're thinking or feeling. But sometimes you don't. And it can just come out a jumbled mess or you can cry or whatever. But if you're with people who love you, they're just let you babble on about anything. Right. Or get numb and sort of shut down. But mm-hmm. if you're there with somebody who's bringing you, you know, something to eat, something to drink, watching a show with you, that's what you need. You need somebody there. Yes. I call it parallel play. I have a friend who, a close friend who just lost a very close family member. And so we've all been doing what I call parallel play with her. You know, sometimes she'll talk about it, but we invite her to stuff, invite her to dinner, walk with her, clean with her, whatever. That's neat. I like that. She needs to talk about it. She can talk about it. But sometimes you just need someone there with you. And it it doesn't have to be super deep, but it's nice to have someone there if you feel so moved to start talking about it. Already? My number two is honor your loved one. Recognizing that loss, like at the holidays, I know some people will continue to set a place for the person they lost, especially if it's very recent. Because it just takes a while for your mind to kind of wrap around that and... There's this kind of in between, do I do I talk about it? Do I talk about this huge hole that's there during the holidays or at someone's birthday? Or do I ignore it? Is this going to upset? Are people going to think I'm weird? I don't think anyone will think you're weird. Honoring your loved one's a big part of it. That is so important. Instead of trying to forget them too quickly or trying to pretend like nothing's changed, hey, honor them. Tell stories, do things like watch videos of them, look at pictures, celebrate the things you learn from them. So, yeah, they're part of your life. They're part of your history. Honor it. I like that one, too. We're supportive of each other through this tough episode, aren't we, Suzanne? (laughs) The love and support. Yeah. No no bickering today. I know. Greg, you're wrong. You're wrong. We, Don't. we just can't go there today. <laughs> there's not going to be much tension today. We'll save that for next time. Well, I think there's also part of this as we present our different things is there are different ways to get through this. You know, so honoring your loved one may mean that's something you do privately if you need to do that privately, but acknowledging it, you know, when I do grief work with people, I suggest that they take the day off on certain anniversaries or give themselves some time in, in the morning or freedom to feel or maybe be upset or go visit the person's favorite place or read a book or listen to songs or, you know, whatever it is, but just kind of giving themselves that time to honor it and inviting other people into that if they feel comfortable doing that. Yeah. And I often suggest that they write a letter to their loved one Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. that they lost and you know either share it with someone or you can put it away you can sail it out into the sea <laughs> burn it and mm-hmm. yeah do you, have you ever suggested that oh yes figured, very yeah. recently i did mm-hmm. actually for a for a friend who Bless her heart and that the Southern way, only not negatively, just she's been through so much. In the last year, she lost her grandparents, who she was very close to. I think she lost her grandmother in July and then her grandfather the next month. And then her mom, who was their child, two months after that. So in four months, she lost three very, very, very close family members. And you talk about lugging around a bag of grief bricks. Mm -hmm. She sure is. So I suggested that the other day for her to write a letter to her mom. It's not quite as satisfying as talking to them. I get that. She's like, it just doesn't feel the same. You're right. You're right. It doesn't feel the same. I wish I could tell you this will be the thing that fixes that feeling of loss when you want to call them up and tell them something but it isn't it it is definitely not as satisfying but sometimes it feels good just to kind of put it out there to them yes i get a lot of good positive feedback from clients that writing the letter was helpful so you know out there if you Mm -hmm. if you need if you got grief and you don't have someone to talk to or even if you do write a letter it's a good, it's a good uh, technique, no doubt. You know, I can pick a fight now that I think about it. What did you say about Southern but not in the negative way? I don't know what you meant by oh, that. Oh, bless her heart. <laughs> Isn't that the Southern F-U? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were cutting down the South. No, I meant because there are times when people just irritate the fire out of me that I'm like, Bless their heart, you know, (laughs) so it's my way. (laughs) All right, just want to clarify that. I wasn't sure what you were getting at there. (laughs) Yeah, softening the finger that I want to give. Yeah. So. (laughs) Okay. But not for her. (laughs) Anyway, go ahead. So my second maxim for navigating through grief is you don't forget, you adapt. The grief event, whether it's death, divorce, family trauma, whatever, will not be forgotten. But the goal can be to gradually adjust and adapt in your life so that you can continue to live your life in a healthy, productive way. The goal can be to get yourself back, your whole happy self, so you don't forget you adapt. What do you think of that one? I really like that one, the adapt. I know for me, clients I've worked with, with, you know, doing grief work, the idea of moving on, because somehow that has become a mantra somewhere along the way for people is you just have to move on, which sounds a little bit like you're leaving behind Mm -hmm. memories or the person. So I like the adapt moving forward with your grief. Right. I don't I try to stay away from the moving on phrase, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. It's Yeah, it doesn't have the right connotation. It sounds like you're trying to forget and leave them behind, but mm-hmm. adapt or adjust or and celebrate and then adapt. Yeah, that works a lot better, doesn't it? Yeah, I do like that adapt. Can I tell my story now? Say it. <laughs> tell us what you got. All right. 
My story today is based on several clients' experiences from years ago. I've changed names and identifying details to ensure confidentiality. James was very close to his father. As an adult, James watched football and basketball almost every weekend with his dad, and they would also catch up on current events and family matters. They kept this routine for several decades, as James himself finally moved into his late 50s and his father turned 80. His father was quite a mentor and role model. He wasn't perfect by any means, but he was always there for James. James noticed his father was starting to repeat the same phrase he had said earlier. As the winter of his 80th year progressed, James' dad repeated phrases, first maybe every 30 minutes or so, then shorter, maybe 10 or 12 minutes, and finally it could be soon as three or four minutes between repeating phrases. Of course, at first, James dismissed it as normal memory issues of an older person, But finally, James and his brother and sister realized their dad was dealing with significant dementia. Luckily, James could lean on his wife and his siblings to deal with this sadness and fears, this grief about the progressive disease taking his mentor and his friend, his father, from him. James had slow grief in a way. It came on gradually. It became more pronounced as the months went by. So James and his siblings made the hard decision to find a memory care unit for him. James reached full grief the day he left a visit with his dad at the memory care unit, and he overheard his dad say to another resident, do you know who that was? James made the transition from son to caregiver for his dad because he loved him and knew it had sadly come to this. Everyone grieves differently and as they see fit. He allowed himself tears at times, but mostly stayed task-oriented on his job, his family, his faith, and all the things that his dad needed to be safe and comfortable as he could be. After his father died, James felt both sadness and relief. He had hard days, especially on Father's Day and Super Bowl Sunday, but he smiled as he thought back on the many good memories he shared with his father over his lifetime. There's something about losing them while they're here. Mm-hmm. It's different, isn't it? Do you think it it can help soften the blow instead of a sudden grief? I don't think there's any good way to do it. <laughs> there are times where it's kind of drawn out or goes a little bit longer or you get the opportunity to know that it is coming instead of it's sudden and there's this, but I didn't get to say or I didn't get to do or I didn't get to... But I don't know that it makes it any easier. Yeah, it's so varied. I just think it's hard. You know, we all grieve in different ways, and the grief comes in different ways. So, okay, well, are you ready for your third maximum? Yes, number three for me. And I know I say this one over and over again, and I'm going to say it again. Move. Move your body. doesn't have to be a marathon. You don't have to run. It could be a marathon. You could run could be a walk maybe it's just a drive or moving from one room to another or moving out of your daytime jammies into your nighttime time jammies but move if you move your body that allows the grief to physically move through you it's it is another way to process instead of just sitting and thinking about it so I think that 
physical activity, whatever that level of physical activity is, is super important. I know I've brought this up on, on other things too. It's probably my number one philosophy. Move. Move. I like it. I love that you're keeping it simple for this topic. Oh, I'm not going to pick on you at all today. I, did, I tried to pick on about the Southern thing, but it wasn't much there. <laughs> yeah, no. Bless your heart. Keep the base. Bless your heart, Greg. <laughs> oh, thank you, honey. <laughs> oh, gosh, I'm acting like I'm some big Southern guy. It's <laughs> <laughs> your sweet tea, honey. Uh, you know, I enjoy trying to be Southern. You know, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. and We're neither north, south, east, or west, are we? We really aren't. We're on the Mason-Dixon line, if you really want to use that. Well, you're, from, you know. you're an outsider. You came from California. What, what are people from Kentucky? What are we like? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to go there? I set you up. Be nice. Okay. We don't want to hate mail. <laughs> I, I, I think that it's... <laughs> I think it's different for different places. We are well known for the horses here. We're also apparently known for being, I don't know, barefoot, no teeth. Hopefully that's going away. That's been around from the old days. You don't hear that as much anymore, do you? I don't, but I'm not. I live in Kentucky now, so I don't think anybody would actually say it to me. They'd probably just whisper it behind my back. Are y'all whispering about me and my bare feet? <laughs> you know, Kentucky is friendly. You got to admit that. It is. All righty. So what's your third one? Um, so my third maxim is through grief, trust that your hand is being held, that your tears are being wiped away, that your soul is soothed and steadied by your faith, your philosophy, your higher power, life force, by whatever you believe in. You are protected and comforted. You are never alone. Yep. Which is a very spiritual. I appreciate that you kind of stayed away from the religious um, connotations that could have gone in there and gone with a more spiritual because that invites whatever spirituality people practice or religion that people practice or if they don't at all. Well, definitely. We all have a right to believe what we believe, but I think uh, most people do feel supported and feel that there's something that's helping them through. Because when you're down and out, when you're at the bottom of grief, it sure does help to have uh, some belief. Do you think so? Mm -hmm. I think so. Uh, what I've noticed doing grief work with people is that they look for something, something for what happens after we leave this life for whatever comes next is looking for something in at the very least in hopes that their loved one, the person they lost is somewhere safe and happy and pain-free, whatever that next thing is. Mm -hmm. Everyone out there needs to okay. know you are never alone. You will, you will get through this. This grief, this sadness, this heartache, you will get through it. You are never alone. And remember to reach out for those around you that are in grief, that need someone. We get so busy. Don't get too busy to be there for your loved ones, for each other's, for your neighbors. That's how we're going to get through this life. It is. It mm -hmm. is. And when you 
do feel alone, there are there are lots of resources. You mentioned one at the beginning of the podcast, 988. If you are really needing to talk with someone, there are lots of resources like that. There's 273 Talk. There is 1-800-SUICIDE. There is 988. There are resources to talk. And lots of them even text. So even if you don't want to verbally talk with someone, you can still communicate with someone to feel less alone and to be able to just kind of walk through whatever you're feeling at the moment. Yes. And we don't, uh, we don't push therapy on people because, you know, most of the time you can get through whatever without therapy. But hard grief, that is one of the things that sometimes really helps to have a professional therapist. So remember that most communities have uh, a number of agencies, and there's tons of telehealth agencies out there nowadays that provide pretty good services. So help is mm-hmm. out there. You can find help. You're not alone in this. There's no single way to do it. So even if you're trying to figure out if you're grieving correctly, the answer is yes. Yep. If you are doing it, you are doing it correctly. So you think we can get this down to three? Let's do it. What's your favorite out of your three? I'm going to have to go with feel your feelings. Okay. Yep. Feel it. Feel all of that emotion. That's a great one. Keep the basics. I'm going to do a basic one, too. You don't forget, you adapt. So that's our first two. What's the third one you want to go with? I think moving, like taking care of yourself. That's part of what moving is, is just taking care of yourself. I'm going with it. The basics move. So we got, we got. Feel uh, your feelings. Feel your feelings. You don't forget, you adapt and. Move. 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 Take care of yourself. Thanks for joining us today. We would love to hear your feedback on this episode. You can email us at 3TLBpodcast at gmail.com. That's the number three, the letter T, the letter L, the letter B, like boy, podcast at gmail.com. We really appreciate you guys listening today. Until next time. Peace in. And peace out. Peace out.